ourselves of you, we are. Amen. Our lesson this morning is a form of a question. What a sovereign God can do. And we all know that uh, he can do whatever he wants to, when he wants to. So the answer, you know, is uh, anything he wants to do. And a lot of people will repeat that, but they I think they are live shows they don't believe in. But our text, beginning with Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9, beginning with verse 14. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Comment on verse 17. Heard people say, naming names of preachers and evangelists, and we need more of them. We need more of those kind of preachers. Well, if we needed more, God would empower more. Not that we don't need them, because we think that that you know going to God with a uh, I always call a a list of things God if you would help me with this or do this would better. But the scriptures said here and. So even for this same, so God raised up to carry out some blessings that he would spread my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all. Therefore, have he mercy on me. Now, this reading, you know, really confuses a lot of people. But it's really not because where it comes from is that false teaching that God loves everybody, but he doesn't. I don't know who he loves, who he doesn't, but if I'm around somebody long enough, the love of God that God has spread in their life will come forth. It will manifest. It said in verse 19, Thou will say then unto me, Why doth he find fault? for who have resisted his will. Nay, but, O man, who art thou that replies against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, What have thou made me thus? Have not the potter power over the clay, the same lump one vessel unto honor, dishonor? 
What if God were to show his wrath and endure with much long-suffering the vessel of wrath, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessel which he hath before prepared unto glory? That's a deep verse in verse 23 if you take the Bible literally, and I do. That he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore pre-glory. Even so, whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles, he saith also in O.C., I will call them my which were not my people, and her beloved, which was not my beloved. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. So the question, what a sovereign God can do, the answer, anything he wants to do, because our lives, if I am saved, God has given me enough grace that I will want to glorify him in everything that I do. If what I do today, if what I do tomorrow does not glorify God's name, uh, it would be goods it wasn't done because uh, he can save the unsaved Luke 10 tells that you know in Luke 19 and verse 10 man is come to seek and to save that which was lost that's why we did not come necessarily to make our life a bed of roses. I sold life easy. Matter of fact, Christian, if there will sometimes it must harder because Jesus is not the God of this world. He's in control, but his is far fetched. And when we look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12, we have this verse, you know, where without Christ being alienated from the hope, I think it and glorifying and wanted it. He said here, you know, that, that at the time, time before you have all power at your right, but not because question what a sovereign do. He will, we ask if we answer it for our benefit, not for our glory. Number two, he can love the unloved. You know, you and both know people that uh, we tolerate. We don't love them. They're not lovable people. But God saved that and make that person. That his love toward us in the while we were yet sinners. 
Christ died for us. Remember that. But God commanded his love for us. The reason I'm saved is because God already chose me. I did not choose him. Now, when we look at that and we go over to Romans chapter 9, Romans chapter 9, we see in verse 25 and 26, as he saith also in O.C., I will call them my people which were not my people, love which was not my beloved. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto ye are not my people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. So he can love the unloved. I know that personally because he saved me. He loved me. See, I think who eateth? Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician. Oh, sinners, pay attention to. That's why that some years ago when I came to this town. Mayor Brown. Brown was the mayor. You know. And he came down and he's running for mayor again or, you know, and always had a big old cigar in his mouth and whiskey on his breath. As if you know, that was, you know, if he's living, he had a cigar in his mouth and he had a liquor on his breath. And he said, I want to see you. Don't count. They're rough people. You know, here is a, a man that is set about other people. And he couldn't hardly walk. Who needs? Jesus. Behold, need not a physician, but that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. Statement, they that be whole needed not a physician, they're sick. Then he told them to go and learn what that meaneth. I will have my sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He didn't come to save those without sin, because you and I both know there was none without sin. But the Pharisees, and there are groups of religious cults that think they live above sin. But God, God has a way of putting all of us in our, our place. All he does is just use scripture after scripture so that we can know exactly how he feels about every situation. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with verse 2.
When in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of obedience. Now, we go up and we read verse 1. And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince and power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation or our way of life in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. Now there are many people you know, who wouldn't go out in public and drink or they wouldn't go out in public and go to a striptease joint or none of those things. They're afraid they'd be caught. But they'll stay at home. And when you talk about that to them, they'll say, well, it's my home. I have the right to do what I want to in my home. If you're a child of God, you never have the right to go against the scriptures in or out of the home. And God put them in their place. He said, but God who is rich, in verse 4, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, You know, you wouldn't be saved this morning if God didn't love you when you were lost. But you're saved because he did love you. And he chose you. And he chose you in Christ before the world was created. And he has never lost the one. But many of us saved people, the world gave up on us before God saved us. But we thank God he doesn't give up. He never gives up. You know, so when we think about those things, you know, Calvinists, you know, love to quote, you know, if you want to know what a Calvinist is, they, they, the Tulip Baptists, they've added a few, you know, if you believe these five points of the Tulip, then you're saved. No matter what you do, how you do it. But if you read, if you read the Word of God, you know, uh, in Romans chapter 9, verse 21, when he said, Have not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and one uh, unto dishonor? Or we can look at the prophet Jeremiah. The prophet declared that the potter, which is God, has power to take the same lump of clay, that's us, and make it into another vessel. And that's where we get Jeremiah 18, verse 4. And the vessel that he made a play was marred 
in the end of the potter, so he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it, in Jeremiah 18, verse 4. Think about how powerful Jeremiah 18, 4 is. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the end and of the potter. We were marred. Every one of us was born a sinner. So to get to glory, he had to make that pot over. Jeremiah 18 and verse 4. Another vessel says, seemed good to the... You go into a one of the shops in North Carolina, Tennessee, and you see all of these pots now of clay. Well, if you look carefully, sometimes you'll see a little mar place, a little place that wasn't exactly right. God made me, and I had marked. I had that sin marked because I was a child of. So he said, I'm going to make him over for me again. Can God do what he wants to with what that is his? You know, it would be like, you know, you can't paint it white. We have all yellow houses or something foolish like that. Well, God, when he just finished with those that he elected, those that Christ died for, one day when we leave this earth and go directly to the glory, we are changed. That body is changed. The spirit's already been changed, but the body when we go to any funeral and we look at that body and we, we love that body and we hate to see that body go, but that body was marred. And, you know, it's, uh, God makes it perfect. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 13, which is... Uh, you know, beautiful verse, you know, he, he said, But now in Christ Jesus, he who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. That far off means that you were out of Christ. There was something that was keeping you out of Christ. So what did God do? He said, But now in Christ Jesus, because he made us anew. He's the potter, we're the clay. The first time we had a sin nature. You can't go to glory with a sin nature. So what did he do? He who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ, which settles the question, you know, 
Is baptism necessary? Is this necessary? Is this necessary? Nothing is necessary to be saved except to be covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. All of these others are friends' benefits because we know that you're saved and any one of us can make up our mind as so many thousands and millions have done. I've played this game is all it is. I'm going back and enjoy the flesh. And he will destroy that flesh. A lot of times when people ask me, you pray for this person, you pray for that person. I honor that. But deep down inside of me, has that person crossed the line? Not of losing their salvation. Have they crossed the line the time period they have left to live on this earth. No more. And he takes them home. That's what the sin unto death is. Nobody saved can commit the unpardonable sin. But you can sin the sin unto death. And that is when God says, no more. And he takes you out. Cause of death, uh, can't find anything. Autopsy runs, can't find anything. But God sees every move I make all day long. So, does man have a choice? Yes, he does. Does God affect that choice? Yes, he does. How does he do it? Through the preaching of the gospel. Through the convicting of the spirit. I used to wonder, you know, how can a person sit under the preaching, sit under the preaching, and every service, come back, every service, come back. Well, biblically, God has a time to save you. Or God has a time to take you on home. Sins of God because God is the one that gives life and God is the one that takes life. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And you say, well, that's not right. Uh, you know, well, I've got a car out there. It's mine. It's in the, don't have a lien on it. So, you know, I think that this month coming up, I'll have to pay taxes on it. But as long as I pay taxes on it, it's mine. If I want to just let it sit there and never again, I could do that. And people would wonder why. As we do sometimes, why hasn't God saved so-and-so or so-and-so? Well, does God force that choice? Did God force Henrietta to accept Christ? Did God force you to accept Christ? No. He worked on your willer. He worked on your willer. And when God works on your will, he always gets what he wants. 
Romans 12, 3 says plainly that God have dealt to every man that measure of faith. You may not have as much faith as me. I may not have as much faith as you. But if you're one of God's, he's going to give you enough faith to make a decision for the Lord. And yes, he doesn't mind you saying, I made a decision. Matter of fact, you know, I'm able to walk. Why? Because God gives me strength. That's the only reason I walk. That's the only reason you came in this building this morning. On your own power. God gave you that ability. He's going to give you that same ability to hear the word, to believe the word, and to apply the word. Because he's the potter. And every Sister Linda sent me a picture of her three grandbabies. Three cute, precious little sinners. But we don't look at them that way. We look at them as a gift. Perfect. We love them. Thank God for them. We pray every day that nothing happens to them. But unless God takes them home before they get to the age of accountability, whatever age that may be, the gospel, then God will grant repentance and faith. It's the only way anybody's saved. So the parents' responsibility is to get those children under the gospel as quickly as possible and try to guide them in the way. Well, God's gave me a rule book. So it's not important what Brother Bill said. It was not important what Brother Hunley said. It's not important what anybody else says. To get to heaven, I must follow this book. Because this book is the exact words that Jesus would say if he was here. The word became flesh. So when we say, I don't believe the Old Testament, you're saying that God's a liar. Now, I've been told that on this station. In several years, I'm smarter than I do. Because they don't know. Ignorance is the factor in our society. People not knowing. They don't understand that that when the Bible was given, it wasn't New Testament, Old Testament. It wasn't chapter. It was one book. So, Calvinist doctrine teaches has no ability to believe, yet unbelievers are commanded to choose. What a foolishness. Well, a lost man doesn't don't care about his choice. Monday or Sunday night, I don't bother him. He's not coming anyway. He's not any. But if we're saved, know that being in church, studying the Bible, and being a good citizen is important. Calvinists. But yet, God tells us in the book of Romans, you know, when we look at the book of Romans and we look at such and few, we 
Romans is wide open. We could look about any book, but our chapter in that book. But God tells us, you know, in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be. Then he tells us why. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. When God saved me, I'm no longer ashamed to tell the world that I needed Jesus. But pride will tell you, I don't need anything. I'm self-sufficient. Not one of us is self-sufficient. You didn't wake up on your own. You didn't go to sleep last night on your own. It, it is not inability to believe that moss then must be a choice. And who is supposed to be making the choice? Well, God said in Jeremiah twenty four fifteen, Choose you this day whom he will serve. Jeremiah 24, verse 15. Choose ye, you. I to look at any of you. You choose today who you're going to serve. And we do that every day. Am I going to be careful what I say? Am I going to be careful what I do? And the good thing about being saved for a period of time, you don't even have to think about it. You just do right. And when you don't do right, you want to make it right. But God, Jeremiah 24, 15, you know, if you die in your sins and go to hell, it will be by your choice and not God's. I've, I've talked to a lot of lost people who know more Bible than some saved people. All that does is make the fire in hell hotter. That's all it makes. And there are Baptists who don't believe that. They don't agree with me. The fire is not equal in hell, and the glory is not equal in heaven. So as we prepare to close here, if you and I die in our sins and go to hell, it will be because we did not choose God. We heard, we heard, you know, even if you say, I don't believe the Bible. I was up early this morning and my front porch I've seen the sun come up over the trees. What did that tell me? God's still in control of this world. And as evil as the leaders of this country and the leaders of other countries are, God is still in control. 
So as we close, turn with me to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel. And let's look at uh, Ezekiel 33. Verse 11. Say unto them, As I live, said the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live, Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? Israel is a chosen nation, but you got to be more than a Jew to be saved. Israel is God's chosen nation, and what country? that's had more agony than the country of Israel. So, as we close, 2 Peter 3, 9 says, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The only way that we can go to glory is to repent of our sins. May God grant that today. Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for the privilege that's been granted to us this morning. We ask, Father, you bless those unable to be here, comfort them, that you may give this speaker the words of life as we go into the priest and service. In your precious and holy name we ask, amen.